The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Topo. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, joining me, uh, rejoining the podcast. In fact, his last episode, we recorded one in December and he, that one hasn't actually gone up yet. Uh, Is but- it not? I'm gonna maybe here's what I'm gonna do. All right, I'll explain in a minute. I'll introduce you and then I'll explain what's going on. It's nice. Then I don't have to do an intro by myself and be self conscious about it. So, okay. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. I guess Charlie Matt Kirshen. Hello, Matt. Hey, Will. What uh, happened to the previous episode? Okay. No. Well, here's what I'm trying to do. So, like, I, I needed to get on. Well, so Charlie and I um, are thinking about adding a, like a football podcast to the podcast universe, but also. Hey, and which of the three footballs? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Australian rules football, okay. the one that we like. Right, it's going to be a very niche podcast. It's Actually, going to is be... it footballs or is it feetball? Uh, it's the great plural there. Right, yeah, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, is I mean, it like it's... course martial? I don't know. I mean, is it like Grand Prix? Is <laughs> yeah. it like, like, is it football? <laughs> football. Yeah, the footballs. No, the foot, the, the footballs. That's like someone trying to do an ambiguous foreign character. I think it's more the football codes. You normally bang something on the end, and that's like of all the all of the footy codes. Oh yeah, yeah. You pluralize the codes. But anyway, point being, we're thinking about doing one football podcast, but maybe we need to do three or four. We could do a world football one that we call soccer in Australia and in America, but it'd be called football in the rest of the world. Yep. Then. Uh... Then we do uh, a rugby union, a rugby league, and a uh, Australian football. Right. And then, and then an NFL. Tennis football, which is just tennis, but you want to make it be football-based. Right. Anything there where they kick things. Karate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Face football. But we do karate, but only when people doing karate kick someone in the balls. Right, yeah. Football. Which does happen. Like, it happens in a karate match quite a lot of the time. Is, now, it just for a second becomes football. Is we, that, are, we only discuss those bits. Now, is that intentionally it happens? Like, it, is that... Is, is the ball a legal target area within a karate tournament? It's just a little bit of fun. The karate, uh, now you get a foul. I think it's a point off. Okay. If, but uh, the other person will, this is a tradition and I love it that they've kept it, you know, from the early days. Uh, when you do uh, kick someone directly in the balls, they will yell out, goal. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It actually helps with the pain as well. No, but, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also obviously just gives the crowd a lift. I mean, it's good. Well, it's mostly for the theatrics. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, still at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Now. The professional karate leagues, that is. Not the. But, you know, we all know about tournament karate from that documentary, The Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, that documentary, if I remember rightly, which spawned a lot of copycat documentaries. Right. Yeah. Uh, some, of of which just, some of which featured the same original family. Right. And then some, like, where the Karate Kid was a girl. Yeah. And then Jaden Smith. But I think that's good to, you know, it's good to know that I mean, people to, of colour and girls can be kids too. You know what the great thing is? There's more diversity in the Karate Kid franchise than there is in the Oscars. <laughs> that's I mean, true. I think that's something the Karate Kid franchise can <laughs> hold its head. There'll probably be a transgender Karate Kid next time, right? I'd be upset if there weren't. Exactly. In fact, it feels like the next logical step in the progressive Karate Kid franchise. Although my worry... it's always a step ahead, do you know what I mean? 
Although my worry, and you know, I'm very supportive of trans rights. Um, my worry is how do you work around the ball kicking element of karate when you're dealing with a trans karate kid? I mean, but I think that's the great, the, the great scene. You know, that's okay. the great scene from when the during the transition because that's what it would be. It'd be go be somebody again. <laughs> like the minute you start to wander into speculation around this area, you suddenly like. I don't want to say anything that seems like it's offensive in the aim of comedy, but here we go. Um, I reckon the plot of the movie is, if you're going to Hollywood plot it, a boy in the tournament at the start, but transitions like and has to win a girls' tournament. That's kind of like your story. is like, right. you know, but along the way there's all the issues of whether somebody can compete in that sort of environment and it brings up like a lot of cultural issues. I, I, I love it if because this is, and yeah. this is being made, by the way, like we right. do know for a fact this is being made, but because it's being made in yeah. the... Uh, 2100s. Yes. Oh, sorry, the two oh tens rather, the 2010s. The 2010s, yes. It's, it's been made in, in an era of progressive politics. Exactly. I really like the idea that even like the bad guys, the rival dojo, like all of their sneering is still politically correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like there's a lot of dissing, but none of it is ever bigoted. It's always... <laughs> Hey, you, the kid that was identified male at birth, but now lives her true self as a, as a woman. <laughs> you can't kick for shit. Yeah. Uh, we want to point out we're very supportive of your lifestyle choices. We just are angry at your karate. Yeah. In the same way, we would be angry at anyone's karate in the same position. So our anger towards you is actually <laughs> the greatest respect of equality we can give you as an individual. We are literally treating you as we would treat anyone else. We just want to make that clear. You fucking suck. <laughs> Your courage in real life right. is matched by a total lack of courage <laughs> in a tournament scenario. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the movie. It's a very modern-day progressive karate kid. So uh, why has your episode not gone up and what is going to happen? Here, right. we, here we go. Um, uh, the other thing is I have this other podcast, Willosophy, which people seem to like, but it is, it is very irregular, it's fair to say, because it's just hard. It's much easier for me to find comedians who will come and do faux fob than it is to find people. like yeah people for Willosophy. And uh, particularly because you're going to like ask them to – uh, not just for their time, but for a moment where they're going to like, you know, reflect on things and it might, they might reflect on things that they find uncomfortable to reflect on or whatever. So, uh, anyway, people want it more regularly. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, what am I going to fucking do with the podcast? I'm really busy. How do I manage this in the new year? And so here's what I've decided to do, or at least here's what I've decided to attempt. Right. I, do, I do not know if this will, I may, my general philosophy to life at the moment is very much, here's what I think right now. And I'm happy for me to say it out loud, but ask me again tomorrow. Right. Like, you know, if I find out something that changes my mind later on this afternoon, just check in tomorrow before, you know, like, I don't know. This is what I think I'm going to do. Um, uh, I'm going to try to get the podcasts onto specific days of the week because I think it'll be easier for me to remember that I need to record a philosophy or plan around that sort of thing. If, say, for example, philosophy comes out on a Wednesday, I know that you know coming up on the next week I will need to get like a, a philosophy. Matt, by the way, is being very professional and coughing way off mic at the moment, which is very yeah. nice of you. I, I I appreciate that. You're a professional podcast guest. I'm a I, you know, I know how to use a mic. Right, unless I, you're dying, in which case get a couple <laughs> of them on mic because, you know. Uh, yeah, because the story. 
So, so I, what I'm going to try to do is put philosophy out on a Wednesday. I'm uh-huh. going to try to put uh, faux fop out on a Friday. You know, the alliteration is there yep. so I can remember. Uh, which means I've just put out, uh, well, I will put out today, the day that we're recording this, a Daniel Sloss episode. So, it'll be Friday in Australia. That's my base time because that's the first place it's Friday. Right. Well, well that's like, where your body clock's naturally set at. It's naturally set. There. And that's where the podcast was born. You're so, astrologically on Australia time and you can't change the truth. Right. Exactly. So, it comes out first there. It's always going to be on a Friday in Australia. Australia, so uh-huh. you know adjust your clocks you know check local times um so what that means is next friday i thought it doesn't mean that i won't put out more than one on a friday but just faux fault will come out on a friday so next friday to kind of launch it to in people's minds because this is my soft launch this week put it out on a friday uh but this is the start of my cycle i'm going to hope to put out like a toe fop on the sunday because that's how when we put out that and then on wednesday i'll put out a philosophy and then on friday we'll put out and then we'll be in the cycle that's my hope that's what i'm hoping is going to happen beautiful thing so you are going to be like the special kind of first like and it's going to be like a double header friday so it's going to be like two of me coming it's out going to be two of you we're going to do the old oh. one and the new one coming out together. It's a lot of responsibility that's a lot of me it's it's kind of like you know when like we've we're launching like friday night as a special night um, and we're launching it with like a double bill, like a Tarantino style. There's like a, you know, intermission in the middle right. and stuff. Or like now they've started doing it when they, when they debut a new sitcom. Sometimes in America, they'll drop episodes one and two on the same night. Right. Just to kind of get people hooked. Yeah, this is what it is. This is like, so Friday night, Friday All night, Friday night, faux fob. That's not like Friday Night Lights, but it's Friday Night Fofop is launching officially this week. Uh, but the, people will hear this explanation in the second week and they will be like, oh, okay, right. This is what's happening. Friday night, it's five up. Did I tell you about, just like coughing off camera, uh, off mic rather, did I tell you about, stop me if I have, but there was a tour I did at Canada a while ago uh-huh. and there were all sorts of venues, varied venues. Some of them were really nice theatres. Some of them were like conference centres in hotels and stuff like that. And we did one that was in a conference centre at a hotel and I couldn't work out all the way through my set why the volume kept changing. And I, it, in a really weird way, whenever I went loud suddenly the volume dropped and I thought it had one of those limiters, which some places have don't know if you ever work with somebody that has that where there's, yeah. if you go over a certain volume, then it suddenly cuts the volume, cuts the gain or whatever it is by 50% just right. to stop you from breaching noise sanctions. And just to give you a fucking sign, just to give you a sign, yeah. just to give you a like, warning. Hey man, just All right. calm it down for a bit. You know, the first one went by the shoulder mate, but the next one <laughs> you're going to take straight to the heart. <laughs> Um, so I was like, I don't know, I guess that's what's going on. I, I was, it was just really throwing me off through my set. And then after me, Alonzo Bowden was on, mm-hmm. uh, and I was watching the sound guy during Alonzo set. And I realized what he was doing. He was watching Alonzo like a hawk. And every time he moved the mic anywhere away from his face, right. he whacked the volume up. Yep. And every time he moved it closer, he put it back down again. But we're professionals who know how to use a mic. Right. So we move the mic away when we're about to get louder because you don't want to shout at the audience and then we move it closer when we're going to get whisper or get intimate. Right. Mic technique. Yeah. yeah. And, but Where, it, whereas he thought you were having a stroke. Well, he and thought, that, here's he, what I think being generous. Yeah. I think he, he probably, I think he normally, because he's like, it's the guy who does sound for conferences. He's normally dealing with the CEO of a company giving a speech who's never used a microphone before. You did come out and then like spend the first 30 seconds moving the microphone around and yeah. then like, you know, putting it in a different direction and then not speaking into it. And, so. then, and my first word was synergy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> synergy. Inter- Expertise. I mean, it's an interesting Truth. way you're opening now, but I feel like it gets the audience's <laughs> attention. And people are like, where is it this going? It really does. Yeah. 
and then I, I, you know, I thanked them for the hard work they've done this year. Right. And onwards and upwards. Uh, but it was so weird because obviously every time we went, every time we went loud, we moved the mic away, and he put the volume up so it would come out louder. And then when we went to be quieter, we moved the mic closer, and then he put the volume down, and it would go quieter still. It was. I've had this happen so to me before. Off balancing. Uh, to the point where now, when I do a, a, like a sound check at any venue, I always say to them, and I, I, you have to start it with this thing, where like I literally have to start it with this spiel of going, hey, I know I'm about to say something that like even me saying this out loud is offensive to you guys and the way that you would do your job. I am only saying this because this happened to me once. When I move my mouth away from the microphone, that I'm doing that on purpose. Please don't turn it up and try to follow me. Because so you've it, had this before? Yeah, it happened once. Oh, my God. I and ju- it's like disconcerting. <laughs> and you don't know what's happening yeah. for ages. It's so weird. It, and it's, then it's, it's a- almost gaslighting. Like it, it's like you just, it was sending me slightly mad through my set. I'm like, am I imagining this? Well, like particularly because with the way I work, like I'm going from like, you know, kind of like low to high so quickly yeah. and changing it up that then it's still set really high for your next words when you do go in with a bit of volume <laughs> and you're back in there. So you're distorting as well. It's like an absolute fucking mess. I, do, I once did a gig, um, it was a charity gig at Luna Park in Melbourne and it was on the um, uh, Dodgem cars. Uh, so normally where the Dodgem cars would drive around uh, they had taken the Dodgem cars out of that area and they turned that into a stage and then people are out normally where you would stand by the Dodgem cars that sounds ideal yeah ideal comedy for (laughs) venue we're inside in a tent (laughs) that is not really designed for people to peer into and they're outside standing (laughs) like in an amusement park right directly below an electrified grate but luckily the amusement park is still going around this gig (laughs) it's still going around this gig right but there's been a couple of brilliant ideas <laughs> firstly like the rest of the park's still going secondly they've decided the only microphone they have the only like pa system is the one no that goes through no like the whole thing so you're telling jokes, oh, through the whole park yeah so you're telling no so you're telling the jokes to this like small audience <laughs> but like these families you have to be aware of the fact that like families on the other side of the park are also hearing these jokes, just hearing this right? out of context disembodied stand-up set right but here's the best bit also when they <laughs> needed to make an announcement it would just cut in <laughs> Over the top of this <laughs> microphone. So you would be like doing your set and then you would hear, uh, Mrs. Mr. Johnson, could you report to the front office? We have would, Lucy would, here, little Lucy here, if you could just get to the front <laughs> office. <laughs> would your mic still work during that period or could oh, you no, talk no, under no. it or it just completely cuts out? No, just completely cut mids, out. Mids it overrode because I shoot, they normally had like music or whatever on that and then that they just cut into that. That's and their emergency that broadcasting sort of going, service. Well, this idea that comedy is just a thing you can drop into any situation. Yeah. Right. But also, here's the best bit. Occasionally, <laughs> the roller coaster, which went over the roof of the <laughs> dodgems, would just like go over during your set and just for like 30 seconds drown out everything. But what do you do? Do you just stand there? You, that was the only thing. Some people would just keep going. I mean, you kind of just had to stand there. But. I mean, I presume you're just basically doing your set to nothing anyway. Were people actually responding? I mean, it is one of those things where you see how comedians adapt in that situation. Most of us just did as quick as we could and got off. And one guy almost recorded his live album. You know, it was like he was like, no, I'm going to get him. And you're like, no, no you're not, not going to get him. I mean, you made a valiant effort. Like, you know, but like, yeah, no, that was terrible. Um, yeah, I think that's worse than 
my least ideal situation. I did one that was missold to me. Uh-huh. I, like I, it was in a golf club. Right. And I was told that it was like an orientation thing for new members of the golf club. Uh-huh. Which sounds bad, but not too bad. Because everyone's trying, trying to be on their best behavior. Because right. they're showing off to the club. Exactly. And instead, it wasn't that. That was just a lie. They just hi- It was just a group of people who hired out this room. Uh-huh. And it was four separate Christmas parties. Okay. So it was like so four they, corporate gigs in one. What I love the most is, firstly, they knew that no way would you say yes to that. Oh, yeah, totally. So, so they've lied from the outset about what it is. Totally. I mean, at least give them credit that they, or maybe they'd rung around a few places first and yeah. realized that the thing that was not getting them booked at these things was mentioning that. So, uh, all right. So, so four, are these Christmas parties all related to each other or they're just literally separate they Christmas parties? They are four. They're each of them about 50 strong. Uh Two office parties, two, one ballroom dancing club, and one other group of friends or something. Okay. Two or three of the groups came up to me individually before the show and handed me a, a piece of paper. One of them printed out with funny things about the group that you could use. I mean, like, A, that's the best regardless. <laughs> like, the comedians always appreciate that help. Oh, the um, best. I do a lot of corporate gigs, um, and uh, they will give you that little piece of paper. So and useful. you're like, and how many people know, like, Gary, who work with him, like, out of the people here? And they're like, six. And you're like, yeah, so that's not a joke that I will be doing because yeah. no one gets that joke. But you're in a room where three of the tables don't even know the company. Exactly. Like, like so if I did doing... anything from any of those pieces of paper, three quarters of the room would... More we guarantee to know. But to even know. if they killed, yeah. Even if every single person inside the group, which it won't kill because there's at least one person who's at the butt of each of those yeah. jokes. And also the least funny person of each of those groups is the one who compiles the funny fact. Right. Like I remember one from the ballroom dancing club was something like, uh, when, when Gary first joined the club, he had two left feet, but now he spins them around the dance floor like the best of them. <laughs> I mean, unless Barry literally, when they started, had two left feet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe this is the other franchise that is very <laughs> yes. progressive. Like, we're talking about maybe the Strictly Ballroom franchise or the the, the Step Up or, yeah. you know, one of those dance franchises, one of those dance choices. Um, So, uh, just to make it easier for me during the gig. Uh-huh. Were you uh, the only person on? Or I was the was, only uh, person okay. on. I was and who the- introduced you? Someone because it wouldn't have been someone from the company because there was no there one was no company. Com- so I I, right. ca- I can't even remember whether someone introduced me or whether I just had to go up. Okay, cold. All right. And but just to make it easier, each of the tables had um, I don't know if you ever seen this novelty item, but it's like a long balloon, uh-huh. uh, and on the end of it is a whistle. Okay. So you blow it up uh-huh. and then you release it and it goes across the room. Oh yeah, so that's fun. So everyone had one of those in front of them. Okay. Well, so, that's, that's good because that's for, like, they know yeah. as soon as you're finished with your act, they can then keep enjoying themselves by playing with those balloons. Yeah, or if they want to punctuate my act at any moment right, with just the occasional <laughs> balloon flying across my face and making that noise, they, they could do that too. And they also gave out these little things that uh, made the noise of crickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. It's weird. It was tumbleweed themed. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, crazy. and also, um, I don't even know what job it is. But I guess it must be like a hotel porter or whatever. Maybe it's a concierge. 
Uh, but they were they were training. I think it was a group of concierges in just the next room over, and they were just learning how to let a hotel guest know that their taxi had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so just just everyone every so often, there's someone just had to shout out. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. That was a str- I, I, I guess you'd thought that'd be the kind of thing that would maybe just take one half instruction, but they were really training that for a while and. Uh, right. <laughs> And and the the Girl Scouts in the next building over as well. They they were doing some craft fair where they were making tumbleweed. Right. <laughs> and I don't know it's like wire frame and leaves or something, but no, they really did a good job. Some of them actually lost control uh, at that time. We thanks to the the propeller fan making class that the Boy Scouts were doing in the opposite room. So it's just <laughs> it was. Oh god! I was meant to do twenty minutes, I think, and I didn't even make that. Like I last, I at the twelve minute mark, roughly, I just went. I said something along the lines of, um, "Listen, I think both of our nights will be better if I just stop now." I mean, uh, I I try not to do corporate gigs anymore, but like, I mean, look, sometimes they're fun. I'm yeah. not like the, with that one. I had no qualms about. I think if it was if it was face value, right? I would have been really guilty about that, and I would have at least stuck to my time. But that one, I was like, fuck you. I was missold. I, I did 12 minutes. I gave it a go. It was unplayable. It wasn't the gig that I was told I was meant to be doing. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm taking this money and I'm walking out with my head as high as it can be given the humiliating circumstances. I mean, like, sometimes that's all you, you can do. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're like, why? why, <laughs> why? No, no one wants me. I know that you don't want me here, but I don't want me here either. No. Like, none of us want me here. I'm this, with you guys. This is a terrible idea don't, for your evening. Don't look at me like I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the problem. Someone else decided on your behalf and on my behalf yeah. that us being in this room. This is a blind date. And, re- like, and we were recommended highly on both sides by someone else. Let's blame them. Let's not blame either of us. It's not your fault as an audience and it's not my fault as a performer. It's the fault of the person who thought that we would be a good couple. Yeah. We are not matched for each other. This is a blind date, not realizing that you are actually asexual. Right. <laughs> they put us together, but there is no date that is appropriate. Right. I'm just not. Or your... aromantic. Is that the. I don't know. I'm just not your type. Yeah. That's all it we're, is. We're not right. That's fine. We're just not right for each other. I I've wish a... you well. You'll find someone who can entertain you. I don't, I don't tend to get offered corporate gigs very much. I will, I'll generally, I'll take them if they get offered just because that generally the money's all right. But, um, but I, I have turned down on more than one occasion people who've approached me after a gig asking if I do weddings or birthdays. I did one birthday early on in my career and that was terrible and I've never done a wedding and I wouldn't, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to ruin what's meant to be someone's best day of their life. And you know that you would ruin it. Yeah. Like, I've been asked to do more weddings than you would imagine oh, yeah. is actually true. Like, and a bunch of people have proposed in my shows. I've done a couple of those. If the story's nice enough and, like, it really feels like there's some, like, you know, a one couple who, you know, kind of their first date was to one of my shows and they would come back every year and then it was spent. Like, you know, those sort of things you're like, okay, well, that's that's nice. I'm part of your well, story. Well, then you can really personalize it as well. <laughs> right. And that's a fun thing, seeing someone propose in a room. That's a bit of fun. But, yeah. like, going to someone's wedding, 
Like I used to DJ weddings, like when I first started doing comedy. <laughs> this is my dark past, but as like a part-time job. Yeah. I would like it's a DJ. It's a perfect part-time job if you're studying comedy. Right. Because basically you can just do it whenever. It's just like one of those jobs where they put them out and, you know, can you take the job? And it's just yeah. a little machine you put in the back of the, you know, car and they give you a playlist of things they want you to play from and you just play them. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, but also sometimes you have to be there quite early in the day because some of the venues, they're just using, you, you have like a microphone and like, you know, like speakers and and stuff so if it isn't a big setup sometimes they will use the microphone and speakers oh for the speeches for the speeches and stuff right so often i would have to be there even if i wasn't playing for like another three or four hours i would have to get there early and set up and then often i would just like sit around and watch the speeches and stuff and i gotta be honest with you like if they put that on tv like just like speeches at weddings oh yeah like as an episode you basically learn everything you need to learn about everybody in those moments oh yeah i've done yeah, there's been a couple that. <laughs> I mean, it, like it's crazy what people think they can say at a wedding, like what they think is appropriate to say. Like so many guys, like I've told this story a million times on this podcast, so people are probably sick of hearing it, but here it is. The the best one ever. Well, two things. One of them I used to do a stand-up, but this is absolutely true. I saw a, uh, them do a bridal dance to U2's I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, <laughs> which I mean <laughs> – <laughs> that's just i mean there's nothing you can do about that that's just already the greatest thing ever and the other one was this guy who really confused the speech he was meant to be what making at the, the wedding with the one he should have made at the bucks night and he started with oh, no. so imagine it's like you know this is the best man's speech <clears throat> best man's speech no and he's got up there and he's got you know uh yeah, you know, big round of applause for uh you know brian and kelly uh, particularly kelly how beautiful does kelly look tonight you know and he's like, uh, I gotta say, we're really glad that met uh, uh, that Brian met Kelly because uh, before Kelly, he sure did fuck a lot of pigs. That was what he said. He sure did fuck a lot of pigs, and like he didn't realize that he had like said something that was so like to him. He thought this would be his like ice breaking hilarious front line, like, and he thought it was a compliment. He delivered it like, you know, how beautiful is Kelly? I mate. He's so lucky to be with you because he was fucking pigs. Like it was on, it, you know, it was on fucking Charlotte's farm. It's the wording. It's the wording as well. He sure did fuck you, some pigs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wow. Like I don't even know what happened. I know that it got cut short. <laughs> I can't. Re- I can't remember. It's like I almost blacked out from how funny it was. <laughs> they weren't. Most of them weren't that funny, but that one is was the greatest it's of all time. Inappropriate words in what should. He hasn't. Have you ever seen Barry Casanova tell the story of his his friends who just become a dad? Don't think and he so. Was, Barry Casanova is a friend of ours from the UK. Uh-huh. Very funny guy. Very funny. And he's a his mate of his. who's like, I'll tell you what, Barry. I didn't think didn't think fatherhood would affect me. I'm not an emotional man, as you know. But when I saw my son's head coming out of my wife's growler. <laughs> <laughs> Coming oh, out of man. my wife's growl, like growl. Is, is that not one of those times we use grown-up words? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's a moment. Growler. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I can't even think of a worse what? word. I can't even think of. Oh, is the baby going to come out the moot? <laughs> Oh, that's a gross word to say. I, I feel I don't feel like I have the ability to say any of these words. They all feel 
Like they're not my words, but yeah, oh, the it, growler. I mean, growler. It's one of those words that, like, on first pass, feels really offensive. But like, the more you think about it, the more you kind of like live with growler, the more kind of cuddly <laughs> and friendly it becomes. I reckon. It, it, like growler feels like a like a like a Muppets character to me. Yep. Like it's kind of a you know <laughs> like Grover's friend growler, <laughs> right? <laughs> they bring in Grover's girlfriend to growler. <laughs> It's, I think it's just the fact, again, that he thought he was saying the nicest thing. Right. It was nothing but the warmest sentiment. He was... Man, greatest, gen- greatest moment of my life. Genuinely expressing... <laughs> when the head... His- when the growler crowned. <laughs> the crowning of the growler. Uh, imagine if, like... What I'd like to imagine is, like, the world's best... Uh, what maternity doctor? What do you call a? Uh, my I mean, what do you have? You have, a, you have do you have someone separate to a gynecologist, right? Who's your? Is it obstetrician? What do you call your obstetrician? Okay, yeah, your obstetrician. Uh, is that an OBGYN? Is that what they? Is that no, the same is, thing? I think that's what the OB part is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, obstetrician gynecologist. There we go. Okay. You know what? That's one of those things that I hear all the time. I kind of knew what it meant. I had never examined the word once to kind of go, I wonder what that stands for. And then the minute you say it out loud and examine it, yeah. you're like, oh, well, that's obvious. Oh, you just know. It's, 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 it's an obgyne. Oh, it's just That doctor's an <laughs> Whatever that is. Oh, yeah, we went the other way. Hey, Sorry, Dr. Obgyne. That's, that's heaps better. <laughs> much like, that, that's a much, much more catchy. Um, uh yeah, imagine if you're like the best yeah, obstetrician, OBYGM. Um, OB, no, that, that's not even, is that GYN? OB, OBGYN. OBGYN. Help me, OBGYN. You're my only hope. He's like, you have to do it. Yeah. Like, he's like the best, he's the best in the entire world, but he makes you do that scene from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> he dresses up, he's Dr. Smock, he's Obi Wan Kenobi's. <laughs> outfit from star wars and you have to be in the stirrups with your legs up and he will not deliver your baby until you say help me OBGYN. <laughs> you're my only hope or at least the only one my insurance covers right yeah. <laughs> help, help me OBGYN. you're in my network I was going to say, imagine if you were the best surgeon in the world, but it, but the only problem with him was he used words like growler. Like, you know, would you still trust him? You'd heard he was the best, but he comes in and he's like, well, first I'm going to have to look up your growler. And then uh, we should just have a feel around of your norgs just to <laughs> make sure everything's okay there. And then, uh, look, just bend over. We're going to take one quick look up the shitter and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you right out of here. You know what I mean? Uh, do, would you still trust them? Do, would you be put off by their unprofessional manner, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, you would. You'd have to be. Yeah. I think so much of being a doctor is the... the there's present, well, there's the a real performative a- aspect yeah. of, to medicine. But do you think often we're probably fooled the other way where we trust the showbiz of it? We, we're more likely to trust the doctor based on feel and presentation oh, with, without sure. examining their actual qualifications or their level of, like, than we are like the other way around? Like, totally. You know. Oh, that, because of the amount of training that's involved. You know that thing of people always, so many comics will say in interviews, yeah, oh, I tell you what though, like I wasn't the funniest one growing up. My f- the funniest friends that... Uh, the funniest person I know works in the bar where I grew up. He's still back there bartending. He's funnier than any of my com- comedy friends. Do you reckon the doctors are like that too? Like, oh uh, man, you know what? 
this guy can diagnose cancer like nobody's business. Right. But he just didn't put his... He just doesn't put it... He's no good in the field. He wasn't willing to do the work. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of study. But diagnosing cancer? Oh. The greatest natural of all just, time. Just drunk around a bar, he will diagnose cancer till you are on the floor. What's that, mate? Best best <laughs> pediatrician in the world? Is that what you call me? Mate, I wasn't even the best pediatrician in my hometown. <laughs> but I was the only one willing to do the work. And he had family things and he had to stay at home. He had a kid when he was young. But man, <sighs> what that man couldn't do with feet. <laughs> oh, kids. It was meant to be kids. <laughs> oh, hang on. I oh, always get those two confused. And I'm the best. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's a mistake everyone makes. No? <laughs> hang on, guys. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah. Do you go to the doctor much? Are you a doctor visit, uh, visit a, a frequent doctor visitor? I tend not to. Uh, also, I don't know how to really do it here. I've, I've half worked it out, but it also costs money every time. Right. Yeah. How does insurance work in America? Like, how so does you don't have American insurance? No, I don't. Do you have travel insurance? I, yeah, but I haven't been here enough to have needed it. But then right. I was for a bit, and I should have had it, and I didn't have it. So now I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, I need to fucking get my shit together. Um, um, but it's really hard here, right? How does it yeah, work? Yeah, because you pay money a premium every month, uh-huh. and then every time you need any kind of medical care you still have to pay money. Right. And that's... And I tried talking about that on stage because I've got some other stuff about healthcare and I dropped that, like, something about that in the middle. I was like, so you you pay money for the right to go to the doctor for which you pay money. Uh, thinking that, that you know, there'd be a bit in that and thinking right. that I could explore around there and find some funny in there. And the whole audience was like, yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. And there's there's residuals. Is it residuals? There's copays and another thing. And every time you go to the doctor's vi- doctor, you have to pay a copay. Right. But then also there's another amount of money that you have a certain amount that you need to get up to whatever the limit is. So it might be two thousand a year, and until you get up to that amount of money, everything you you still have to pay for every treatment. And can anyone just get insurance? Can you just ring up like an insurance company and go, "I'd like insurance"? You can now. Right. Because that's one of the things Obamacare did. Uh One of the things that did was it got rid of this pre-existing conditions rule. So it used to be that if you had anything, any kind of congenital disease or any kind of long-term illness, you just couldn't get insurance. Right. Uh, Because you're a bad insurance risk. Yeah. Because at some stage you're going to get sick. You're going to cost them money. Right. But that meant that <laughs> there was that's, literally that's a bad business model for the insurance companies, but, but it, pretty crazy. much for everyone else. That's crazy. Yeah, this is how fucked it was. <clears throat> I mean, it's still fucked. Right. But it. I mean, the insurance companies in America have nailed it, though, because if you've got a system where a you don't have to insure people who actually might need the insurance, <laughs> secondly, um, uh, you literally have a system where people pay insurance but still have to pay for some of the stuff that you're insuring them for. I yeah. mean, that's a pretty good system. And then, and then they really specialize in getting out of paying for stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Well, because you've got all that extra money you're saving that you can spend on not having to actually pay anything out. Yeah. I mean, it is a very good system. What I'm basically saying is get involved in insurance, guys. Yeah, that's what... I mean, Bernie Sanders is right. The Affordable Care Act, as it is, just doesn't go far enough. It's a, it's a, weird, it's a weird compromise that doesn't really serve either end well 
I mean, it's a really interesting thing, like the American attitude of these things. And it's hard to talk about it, like, you know, because having lived in the context, you know what it's like. It's different to what we grew up with and what we believe and what, whatever. But it's very hard to understand it as a people. The American people seem to care more about the right to have a gun than the idea that everyone should have free health care. Well, and, and it's also... As the- a basic human right, you know. Yeah, and also the... This idea now that you have to buy insurance if you live in America, if you are American, you have to have insurance of some sort. Mm. It forces you to buy insurance. And so the that strong libertarian streak in certain Americans that then also gets encouraged and stoked up by the people with vested interests, like the NRA for guns or the health lobbyists for, uh, um, for the health insurance companies... Uh, or the people who stand to lose out from Obamacare are, um, they're like, well, you're forcing me to buy a product. You're forcing me to buy a thing. Uh, I, I have to buy car insurance if I'm driving a car on the road, but I can choose to not drive a car on the road. Right. But if I am an adult in America, I have just living in this country, I have to buy this insurance. Right. And they sort of have a point. Why should you have to give this money to a third-party company? It's weird, and it's not a good compromise. Now, it's still wildly better than what existed beforehand. Right. Because people who couldn't get any treatment now can get treatment. People who couldn't get any insurance now can get insurance. Um, Our friend Jesse got the cancer treatment that he desperately needed that might well have saved his life because... He could then get insurance. He could now get insurance that he couldn't have got previously. If he'd gone to an insurance company and said, hey, I have stage four colon cancer, they'd have gone, well, good luck with that. We can give you car insurance. Yeah. (laughs) Home and contents? Yeah. We'd really like to sign you up for a year. Yeah. And you have to pay that year regardless of what (laughs) might happen, if you know what I mean. Wink. No health insurance. So it totally has made a difference. It's totally a good thing. But it's still a weird fudge well it's a long way from the idea of some sort of like safety net of universal health care the idea that like if you are ill regardless of who you are that there will be some sort of level of society thinking that it is worth it for the rest of us totally to look after a person who can't afford to look after themselves and my insurance i've got they they can't come in like bronze silver and gold plans Uh and i've got the the silver plan right and it just you're basically deciding between the amount you pay each month versus the size of the copay and deductible. That's the other word. Right. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, if something happens and it costs like $10,000, you have to, you might you have to pay have to the pay, first two grand. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Uh, so mean, I've got God, the middle they, tip. They are like, they are shysters. Fuck yeah. Like, like the insurance, the way that it, their insurance works, insurance meant to be, you pay your money every month and then they cover everything. That should be what insurance is, right? Yeah. And they make their money from the fact that most people never have to claim on their fucking insurance. But these mobsters. Yeah, what is a deductible or like or excess as you it's still called have in the to UK? Pay some like of it? it's just, yeah. You're not even covering all of it and I'm giving you a fucking cut. It's, like, almost, it's almost like a kick, though. It's like... Well, it's like the mobster... I don't, I well, don't understand. It's essentially, so, you're paying like a mobster, like for protection, but the mobster, <laughs> when shit goes down, is only there to protect you from fucking seven-eighths of the fights. Like, they'll protect you from seven of the guys who are coming at you, but not the eighth. Yeah. The eighth is like, well, that's you. You have to you have to cover the eighth guy. We're going to sort out all of your stuff, except for a hundred bucks. Right. 
Why? Why? I don't know. Just because you've had a shitty day of it. Yeah. And we want to make your day a bit worse. Right. We still want you to be out of pocket by this experience. I know that something terrible has happened to you. Your house is burnt down or your fucking leg dropped off or whatever. Yeah. But you're also going to be $200 out. But if you pay us this extra $200, we will make right. everything right. Yeah. That is it. It's like blackmailing you yeah. for the extra little bit. Fuck you guys. If you want your new carpet. You have to you have to like put something in yourself. Not the, the whole thing, but you have to show you want a new leg. Yep. Do you, if you really want a new leg, you can find $500. That's what we're saying. How much <laughs> do you want it? You know, we'll get you a new leg. Maybe you won't even look after it if you're not invested in it. Yeah. Well, how do, how do we know your house isn't going to burn down again tomorrow if you keep if right. doing this? If you don't give a shit about it. If it's not at least costing you something. Yeah, I know it's it's crazy, and like I mean, the way that they when my car got stolen, like the amount of the small amount of money we got back, like compared to what that car was actually worth, was fucking <laughs> outrageous. Like it was outrageous. <laughs> anyway, good times. More insurance talk. That's what people wanted from the podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Specifically, when it doesn't apply to many of their well, lives. you do, you do seem like you're sick. So no, no, no. I think people are interested in the American healthcare system because we hear so much about it externally, and because the majority of people listening to this podcast come from a place where we take for granted the idea that you know we have a pretty good for free for free ish healthcare yeah. system. You know, so. Which, you know, people are continually trying to dismantle and make worse, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and but, with a fair amount of success right now in the yeah. UK. I mean, and in Australia to a certain extent oh, yeah. as well. But it's certainly something we should fight hard to protect. They, the government tried to bring in like a copay. It was only going to be a smallish one, $7. But the, po- the point of a copay is like we have, we have what we call a Medicare levy. So on your tax, like it's a percentage of your income. And the, ho- the higher the amount of like money you earn, the higher amount of like Medicare like levy you pay. So, right. you know, makes sense. That's, uh, you know, and, and I'm certainly in the tax bracket that, you know, pays the full whack of that, the higher percentage, you know. The percentage of my income that goes into Medicare, I will hopefully never in my life, you know, <laughs> have enough things that happen to me medically that would ever cover that. But that's the nature of like a, like a, that's what taxation is. That's what taxation is. You know, those who can afford to pay, you know, and have been lucky enough to you know, be in a position to pay, pay more. That's and subsidize the society that let them get to that place. Right. Absolutely. Nobody does it by themselves. You know, it all, it all makes sense. And, you know, and I'm, I've been lucky enough to be one of those people in that lucky bracket. And I have not ever resented, you know, paying like everything that I'm meant to pay and all those sort of things. I think it's, you know, it's only fair and it's a good thing. So I like the Medicare levy. And if you want more money, I would raise the Medicare levy because it is, uh, you know, it's progressive, right? You know, like the, the people at the, that's what it is, right? The people at the top pay more and the people yeah. at the bottom pay less. And, um, but what happens with these like co-pays and stuff is like someone who can't afford to go to the doctor suddenly has to find $7 for every time to the person who doesn't have $7, $7 is a lot. To a person who has easily $7. Like, it's like when these politicians, every time they'll be like, well, it's only two coffees a week, or it's like, you know, it's two beers a week. Two beers a week to you, a person who doesn't pay for their own fucking beers and can afford as many beers as you want, is not a lot of beers. But two beers to someone whose entire enjoyment of that week is those two fucking beers. It's a lot of beers, you know? Anyway, welcome to our new political podcast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, Ian Duncan Smith, who's a miserable shit of a human. I mean, even his name. Um, even his name. I was hoping he wasn't going to be someone that I needed to like because nope. Ian Duncan Smith to me sounds like a horrible, horrible He growler. was ex-army, briefly leader of the Conservative Party. Okay. And now I can't remember what his role is, but he's something to do with welfare in the Conservative government. Okay. And he's one of the people right now 
Jeremy Hunt's the one helping dismantle the NHS. David Cameron's obviously... And what a convenient name for people who don't like yep. him. It has been noticed. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine. That's uh, like, I mean, that's a, that's one free one. Yep. At least when they put him in that, like, you know, they're like, well, look, Jeremy, you've got to, like, say that even when you're assigning it. They're like, we're going to put you in one of the most controversial, uh, you know, portfolios yep. where there's going to be a lot of backlash. Let's just hope no musical comedians notice your surname. Right. You are aware. We just want to, like, we just want to put it out there. I'm sure you've thought about it yep. yourself already, but you do, you are aware of how easy it is to I'm your name. Yep. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> it's not even your real name. What did you change it from? <laughs> I changed it. Fowler? Oh, yeah. I got, used to get a lot of growler and I just <laughs> I just did not like it. Um, so he did this show, TV show years ago, where him and a few other people lived on a super tight budget on a council estate oh, yeah. for a week. And by the end of it, he was in tears and he's like, how do people... Like, how can people live like this? And right. the, had new profound respect. And that's the and insight. He, that's the insight he got when he took one month, one week out of his in, enormously privileged life, and had the luxury of knowing that at the end of the week he was going back to his enormously and privileged life. Then it took about a week and a half for him to forget that. Yeah. Uh, cut to a few years later, and he's dismantling. He's now responsible for policies that mean food banks are popping up all over the UK. People are more in peril than they've been in many, many years. It'd be good if a food bank was actually literally like a food bank based around the same. So, so like you say, when you're a kid, you could say buy a few seeds, right? But if you put those yeah. seeds away and you like, you know, kind Get some of beans and stuff from a paper round, right? And then like you know, if it was there for long enough, like you'd eventually find that you you had some potatoes that you didn't know about, <laughs> and like you know, maybe have your whole little garden. And here's then, my worry with that though, yeah. <clears throat> my palette has changed a lot sure, 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 over sure. the years well the, no but there'd be just like a, an exchange much like, oh, okay, okay. like the market so you'd be able to go over to the chinese wouldn't bank. just be like exclusively sherbet no you get because that's what it would have mostly been if i put money well, if you, I put food away when i was five you take your bucket of sherbet over to say the chinese markets and pick up some bok choy or whatever you know okay. there'd be like a you know and there'd be a currency thing it'd be like sherbet's up against the bok choy you know in. that sort of thing Little investment. That's yep. all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, all right. What else has been going on with you, Matt Kirshen? What else has uh, been going on in your world? What have you been up to apart from being ill? I've met. I've been here. I've, I think I've, I've talked to four people since I've been here in LA, and three of them have been ill. The Everyone's person who Ill. picked me up at the airport, Daniel Sauce and yourself, have all been ill. So, if I do become ill in the next few days, I will at least not blame one of you. Well, that's specifically. what I feel good about, and I think, I think we all know that it'll be Sloss. I mean, it could be Sloss. But I'm pretty sure he's the... Well, here's the thing. I've, I've got this far, like touch wood, without like, you know, um, I actually touch wood, even though I don't believe in that superstition. Yeah, although you did touch the cloth way. that was covering the wood, so there wasn't actually direct skin-to-wood contact. Right, that's what I do because it demonstrates my apathy and the fact that I don't actually believe in this tradition, right. but it's like ritual. A little bit, it's a ritual. It's a little like, bit of you now that's kind of feeling like you should touch that wood. It's like going to the church with your nana. I really just did it for the ritual. I don't actually okay. believe in it. But you know what? It makes her happy, right? So um, I... I hope I won't get sick, but I've done everything I could to get sick, basically. Essentially, I've just got sick people and rubbed them against me. Yeah, and you... And I am interviewing the monkey from Outbreak for the podcast right. tomorrow. Tomorrow, though, that is. You got me to spit into your food. I found that weird. Oh, no, it's just a new cooking technique okay. that I've been using. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's, I'm doing a kind of flavor of podcast guests. All We're right. doing a little uh, faux food. It's like, like a little... 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of you can eat along to the podcast. So every podcast will come out with a recipe. <laughs> and um, on the Patreon page, what we're going to do is collect much like a friendship cake. Did you ever have a friendship cake when you were at school? Was that something that British children did? I don't think so. Maybe it was called something else. But Unless I didn't have... I, either I didn't have good friends or none of my friends were good bakers. Have you ever heard of the friendship cake? Like, no. is it something that you... Okay, so I'm going to... This is a cake you wear. You know what? I may need to pause just so I can Google friendship cake because I was about to stumble in and trying to explain something to you that I, I realized <laughs> that I am mostly not across myself. So let's, okay. fi- let's find out together. Okay, we're back. Um, <clears throat> friendship cake. Uh, friendship cakes have been called... The edible chain letter. So, so, like, is it like if you don't eat this, you will die? Right. Yeah. If you yeah, don't eat this, six of your friends will have something <laughs> really terrible happen to them. Uh, they're most mostly the re- recipe comes from Nigeria, and oh, your penis does get better, bigger, better, Ooh. better. It gets better as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just like more, makes more moral choices, solves some crimes. <laughs> That's what I'd click on. Yeah. i take pills that make my penis better. Yeah. You don't need to click on a link. I've said this before on the podcast, but I will say it again because I believe it to be true. Uh, the one thing that you should never believe is an ad for are pills that make your penis better. Because if there were indeed pills available that would make your penis bigger or better, you would have heard about those pills. <laughs> the word would get around. You would not need an internet marketing campaign. You would need one person to have them and then the word would get out. So... Um, I'd, I'd do better though. Like if I just got, <laughs> I just take a pill that made my penis just, you know, know how to behave. Just better. Just made it better. You know, dude, we're on a bus. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, various friendship cake starters have been passed from person to person for more than a hundred years. Starters. Yeah, starters. So it is oh, like a, there's so a this kind is of like a, a sourdough kind of thing. Yeah. So there's like a kind of yeast or whatever that like you know. So you take a bit of that right. and you pass it on to another person. So you're all essentially eating the same cake or like you know a little part of the same cake. I get you. Right. Um, the original concoction, aka Amish friendship cake or Herman cake, started as a mixture of flour, sugar, and water. Airborne yeast fermented the mixture, which was a staple to early pioneers in bread making. Uh, of course, this was before you could buy active dry yeast at the grocery store. The starter, which was the leavening agent, was used to make pancakes, breads, and cakes. Sourdough packing pioneers relied on the starter as a leavening agent. Today's friendship bread recipes are more of a luxury or novelty than a necessary staple. So it started at the start. It had a practical use. And then these days... It's just like, well, no one needs friendship cake anymore. Right, like but so like, many other things that we now do. Right, it's been rebranded as a ritual. Yeah. Right? Okay, so you like, just... Like, like so many clothing items, for example, that used to have practical purposes. Now we only... Like, I'll only wear leather chaps to look cool. Right. Whereas it used to be to protect me when I was riding horses. I mean, the amount of unused pockets yeah. that I have had in pretty much everything I've ever used. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, see. So... Blah, blah, blah. You kind of get the gist of what's happening here. You take a little bit of the starter and you give it to your friends and like, you know, it goes along. Okay. Well, there's no sort of, it doesn't say that. It's not like one of those things where if you don't pass it on, you die or, or, or something like that as far as I can see from this bit of information. But yeah, so uh, yeah, well, I, basically I'm going to do a faux fop friendship cake. A faux friendship cake. Does that mean that... So basically I get a little bit of your DNA and I put it into the cake and then it's like passed on. Oh, okay. That's all right. Like, you know, so each episode... I was worried you were going to make me, like you were going to give me some of this, like a starter, 
and then I'd have to keep this yeast culture going. No, 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 no. What I was thinking was I'd put some of you in. Oh, yeah. So each week I'd like have a little bit of, so there'd be a tofu. Okay, here's how it would work. Fuck yeah, I'll jizz in any batter. So we have batter in batter. (laughs) That's the, you fold the batter into the batter. The human batter into the the bread batter. Yeah. Batter up. That's what we say. We actually say batter up as you do it. We have our own rituals. You know what? Um, I'll stick anything in dough. So, and yeah, and then that Homer Simpson <laughs> thing yeah. happens as you right, do it. There's, yeah. there's a lot of sound effects. I don't really know why we invested so highly in them, but it was just to kind of diffuse the moment. No, so I get a like I get a faux ship, a faux fop friendship base. Right. So all like subsequent cakes come from this original batch. But then each episode, like I have a little batch that is specific to that episode, right? Oh, and then yeah. the guests puts a little bit of their DNA into that, and then people could like you know get sent out. Like, you know, so they could be making, like, the Daniel Sloss bread to, like, listen to the episode with That's or the Matt Kirshen like, bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, here's what I like about this idea. What, what do you like about it? It's practical. It's practical. It's easy. Yeah, very easy. No trouble. That's what no, I like about easiest, it. It's the easiest. It's the most practical. Right. It's not disgusting. No, not in any way. Probably not illegal. I no, ima- no, I imagine and won't check out. It's very legal. Pro- probably pretty legal, I'd yeah. imagine. I'd say it's the most legal of any merchandise I've ever heard. I mean, I'd imagine so, right? It's just friendship cake. Yeah. I mean, originally we had to do this. I'm just taking it back. This is artisanal. Yeah. It's artisanal. That's what it is. It's an artisanal cake. Now, (laughs) assuming it turns out there are logistical errors. Okay. Well, I mean, we'd have to get a boy on board or a woman woman, uh, or or a girl or like anyone. Yeah. It'd be an open hiring poll. Anyone who was able to do the job to the best capacity. A person of any Whoever gender. they were. Yeah. Yes, correct. Who's happy to watch a comedian. Don't have to watch. Okay. If you're happy to, that's fine. But you don't need to see how the... That's the, very open-minded of you. Will. Right. Yeah. But you don't have to. I right. feel like that's inappropriate in the workplace to ask somebody to actually watch that process. To ask them to, it probably yeah. is. But to, to just let it be known that you can... I mean, to me, no, to me, I'd be the one asking. Like, I mean, I feel still as the person who has the podcast, it'd be up to me to kind of be like, hey, we're doing this new thing with the podcast. Would you mind jizzing in this bowl? Right. right. Like, I feel like that's something that I would not like put on he, she, uh, or, whatever, whatever. or yeah. whoever, however that person identifies as long as they can do the job. Like, right, that would yeah, not be there. If they wanted to watch, that's like. Yeah. Now, but that's but their job really be, begins in my world post that moment. They're more responsible for like distributing than the the kind of yeast out to people in a way that you know the culture right. the culture's still alive and whatever. Right, they're more like know, packing and packing and distributing and yeah, yeah. delivery. That's that kind of their. I mean, right. signing release forms. I imagine there'll have to be some sort of yeah, release yeah, form. Le- legalese and all that kind just of just all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's more their area: paperwork and distribution. I guess packing paper and distribution. You know. So I guess my question is: yeah, if is let's just say this whole friendship cake. Yeah. plan doesn't for some reason it just falls, falls through even though as we've established it is a plan that i pretty much lacks any mm. holes or flaws in no. it but let's just say it does fall through for some weird reason uh the whole of artisanal industries or just this Which specific just this you know what well, yeah the whole of artisanal industries. i think okay that, okay how else are you going to get comedians to wank in your kitchen 
I mean, just like, I guess, go into the other room for 30 seconds. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if I, I feel like most of the time, if I just leave a bowl of batter on the bench right. and I happen to just go into, I'll, I'll pretend to get a phone call. I'll do that thing on your phone where you can get like to ring yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, I just have to take this. And then I will just, just leave. leave this enticing batter out. Yeah, I'll just leave this here. Like, <laughs> Hope nothing gets in it. Uh, I, I mean, I should cover it up, but. Nothing will get in this, I'm right? I'm just going to leave it on this waist-high stool. Anyway, I'm just going to go and shut this door in, <laughs> into the other room to take this phone call. So just can you make sure that nothing gets in that batter? I'm just going to go into the soundproof room over here. Right. <laughs> I'll definitely be five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it would be easy enough to get it. This is open to lady guests as well, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess... I just want to make sure you're not being sexist about your plans. Like, women are also... Female comics are also at will to wank into your mixture. I mean, I guess wank into it, but would they? Would it be more, like, ovulate into it or whatever? Because really we're talking about, you know, like... Oh, actual, like, seed. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I don't mind. That's much more of a procedure. Right. I mean, it's more a timing thing, but, you know, we could schedule it in. If right. You, like, and... I mean, it doesn't have to be direct, but, you know, some sort of, like... I don't know. Maybe that's not the right direction to go in. Maybe it's just uh, like maybe that's too much to ask. Now they think about it, it's like it's, you know what I mean. Like it's a lot of work you're asking. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is something that, and me as a man asking someone to, I just say, would you like to donate um, uh, your DNA to this in any way? So they could just spit in it or whatever, or like you right. know, but they could choose their own way to. You know, provide DNA. That's very, that's very progressive. A little scrape from inside the cheek. Right, You know, like, I mean, whatever. Like, it could be bare minimum, under the fingernails or whatever. Like, or if they wanted to... Don't have to. I just... (laughs) Guys also have the option for any other. I just assume that guys, given the option to uh, insert their DNA into a cake in any format they want, most people are going to go with the jizz option. Which I think is proven by the fact that... You never actually mentioned jizzing initially in this thing, and I right. just assumed... <laughs> it just came up. You, I mean, you you went straight to it. Yeah, yeah. I went straight to it as if you'd wandered into another room for thirty seconds to exactly. take a phone call. That's the track. That's how it works. That easy. I left <laughs> that that cake of batter just in the conversation by itself, and you decided to stick your dick in it. Yeah, so, you left that premise at waist height. Right, exactly. As I stepped out of the room, <laughs> I, I won't be doing anything with it. I'll just be over here registering the trademark at Gisinal Industries. At <laughs> <laughs> Gisinal Industries. Um, it's nice to talk politics. Yeah, finally. Finally. <laughs> um, this, this is going to come out in a week, but uh, speaking of politics, uh, you live here in America more than I live here in America. But this, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, politics, and I think we talked about Donald Trump last time, so the two episodes will go up together. Things have changed a little bit, it seems, after the, the first round of the primaries, right? Do you, is yeah, that the impression that you get? Yeah, he's still spinning it as... He instantly spun his coming second as they didn't expect him to come anywhere in Iowa, so it's a victory, and now he's claiming that Ted Cruz cheated on it, which... Ah, who the fuck knows? But he's I mean, still that, getting to dominate the news cycle. That's the best, by the way. I just his approach to everything is: you're stupid, you're a cheat. Yeah, I really won. I mean, Cruz scares me a lot more than Trump. Well, I mean, this Trump is the, scares the other me, thing. but Cruz They're terrifies by, me. And yeah, this is the Trump might be distracting people so much that like this other terrible person will get. Yeah, yeah. Rubio's 
pretty freaking awful as well. I mean, he's bad, but he's nowhere near as bad as Cruz, who's a monster. Yeah, he he is pretty terrible, uh, Cruz. And he's the he's. I, I did not know that he was like the lawyer or one of the lawyers that got George Bush like elected that the time with the. Or he oh, was involved. Yeah. Well, I mean, I may be like, but I, I'm sure I read that today. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. What about in the Democrats? Do you think Hillary's going to win, or is there enough momentum behind I Bernie think, Sanders? That- I think it's still going to be Hillary, but I don't know. Who the hell knows? But I think I've heard she's going to really pull ahead on Super Tuesday, which is when, like. A couple of smaller states vote first, and then, so like Iowa just happened, New Hampshire's happening next week, or will happen around the time this podcast comes out, and then, I don't know if there's one or two small ones, but then there's Super Tuesday where a whole load of big states have theirs on the same day. Right. And that's where normally you suddenly go like, okay, this is what's happening. So the field, even still, there's like seven or eight. Republicans still knocking around. But after Super Tuesday, that'll be down to nothing. Yeah, this is like early on in The Bachelor when you forget that there's even like some guys you're like, oh, I didn't even remember he was in it. Yeah. And he just got eliminated. Yeah. And so then suddenly be, there's some So a few have contenders. already dropped out. Like O'Malley's left the Democrats and a few of the Republicans have gone now. I mean, he was always a bit like that scene from the Batman versus <laughs> Superman trailer where they look at each other when Wonder Woman arrives and goes, she with you. I thought she was with you. That's what basically it's like when O'Malley was at all those debates. It would always be like Bertie and Hillary going, did you bring this guy? Yeah, it was adorable. Who brought this guy? Why is this guy? I mean, it's adorable he's still here, but why is this guy still here? He would have looked good. Like if the whole Bernie Sanders thing hadn't happened. Right. Because he was going to be the alternative to Hillary. And he's younger and telegenic and he looks like, you know, he looks like a politician. He looks like a young, charismatic politician. And he sounds like a Democrat and all those sort of things. And he probably is a little less extreme than Hillary is on that sort of like, you know, um, you know, connection with Wall Street and those sort of well, things he, that people are worried about. He certainly but then, would be but, perceived as less establishment yeah, just because... Because wasn't. Hillary is so establishment. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to be if you're it's hard that to be, level of politics right. for that many years. Well, I mean, she was part... Like, she's nothing but part of the establishment. I mean, that's the truth of it. Yeah. Like, she cannot be anything other than that. That's what she's running on. She's running on the idea that she knows how it works and that she can actually exactly. you know, work on it. So, so I then mean, suddenly this whole Bernie... Right. Upswell happens. Then fucking... And then O'Malley's just left with... Angry grandpa gets involved. Exactly. And then o- O'Malley's left here with no platform because the right. ground he could have occupied is now being swept up by this guy. And I mean, now he's stuck. Uh, so, yeah, he's dropped out. And then, uh, yeah, a few of the few of the Republicans have got... But still, some of the ones that have no hope are still knocking around. I mean, the interesting thing to me about... I mean, it gets to that point where I'm no Hillary Clinton fan, but it gets to the point where, like, if Bernie's not going to get that, then you, it becomes very heavily reliant on because you don't want to see. Like, America could go, like, with a Trump presidency or a Cruz presidency versus... Or a Rubio presidency. Right, but versus a... Yeah. Like, Bernie, Bernie's... Like, this real, like, this is a real choice. At the moment, it probably won't end up being like that, but at the moment you could not have some people who were further apart almost like for the first time where the country could really go 
ultra right wing, ultra fucking crazy, or it could go massive. Like if Bernie actually won the fucking thing, can you imagine? Like I'd love to see what America could do with like fucking like what what he'd actually get achieved, how it would actually go. Whether he could get stuff achieved. I don't. I mean, the system is so set up, and like the the idea that we think that even the president like has it like it's been shown with Obama that you can't get everything done that you want done. It's like the system is. No, and they they hated Obama. So they really blocked everything he tried to do. And he forced some things through. And I think he's made America a much better place than it was. But yeah, I think Hillary's going to win the election. And I think she'll be fine. Like, I think think she'll be a decent president. I think it'll be great to have a female president. It's Uh, It's like getting J.J. Abrams to do Star Wars. You're like, she'll be fine. She'll do a great job. It probably won't exceed my expectations, but she she knows she knows the franchise. She'll get it done. She knows She'll, how it works. There'll be things that you'll be disappointed with her on, but then there are things I was disappointed with. A, a Guantanamo Bay still open right. after eight years of Obama. Drones. The drone program has yeah. only made terrorism worse under his thing, and the totally. fact that he has not he has failed. We understand why he hasn't, but he, the, the fact that he has failed to do anything about fucking guns in that entire time. So every every president has their either blind spots or failures or things that they fall short on, and whoever, like if Hillary becomes president, which I think will probably happen, she will have those, but. I think she'll also do some good stuff. And I think more to the point, she definitely won't do some terrible stuff. Well, she won't, yeah, she won't dismantle uh, like, you know, some of the good stuff that has been built and the stuff that is going in the right direction. But that's, it's sad that that's going to be probably the choice. Like, you know, that you have to kind of lock in, you know, America has this great thing of like, you know, restricted terms and those sort of things. But the idea that at some stage, you know, you can have a dad and a son and a fucking wife and a husband and whatever, like it's still, it's your own royal family. It's your own sort of like version of your own oligarchy, you know. So anyway, good on you, America. I'm happy to be here though. (laughs) Please don't blow up. (laughs) Um, All right, uh, Matt Kirshen, I'm going to let you go because you are ill and uh, we have done enough. So let's not uh, uh, push it. But uh, we're so glad to have you here. And plus, we're going to have a double Matt. We're going to have a double Matt Friday. That'll be the best. So yeah, back to back Matt, you know, Uh, it's going to be a uh, a Mattack, a Mattack. No, a Matt. (sighs) Metastrophe. No, yeah, that's where I went as well. Like, and that's not really... Like kind of the spin I wanted to put on it. I wanted it to be like it's like Matt appointment. It's uh, no, it's gonna like maybe maybe Matt on the end. Could it be like you know it's gonna <laughs> be like uh, diplomatic community? Yeah. No, it's gonna be um, extra matital affair. Oh my god, this is actually <laughs> heaps harder. Chief Will is heaps easier to put into things. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, do you have any things that you want to plug from uh, next Friday onwards that people probably science your excellent podcast? Well, which thank you. I have been listening to a lot again recently. Oh, I nice, just mate. just sometimes you know you go through you know bits and like I don't listen to podcasts necessarily weekly. You know sometimes I do, but like often what I tend to do is like I'll get into the dollop for a week or whatever and listen to like eight episodes of it, and just, and I'm a bit the same with probably science, but I've was on holidays recently and caught up with a lot of episodes and it's uh, as usual always fascinating oh, and always uh, very funny as well so that's a great podcast what else um hang on, let me think what i've got coming up uh you're gonna miss me in new york because that'll be i'll be back by the time this comes out but uh i'm gonna be back in anchorage alaska at some point i think at the beginning of march okay i'm gonna be where else am i gonna be i'm gonna be in uh, Singapore and Malaysia 
at the oh, end yeah. of April, beginning of May. Nice. Uh, and then well, I'm sure we have some listeners in that part of the world. So we do. And then I was just telling you before the show, uh, that's 90% confirmed, but I was just trying to get back from them about travel details. And once they do, it kind of makes sense from here to try and tag some Australia stuff on there. That would be awesome. Which has could. been long overdue. It's been a couple of years since I was last in Oz. Well, Maybe I'm sure there would actually. be heaps of people from the podcast who would come out and see your shows. Uh, I so would appreciate that. We will make sure that um, uh, we let people know about them when you know about them. Uh, yeah, if it gets confirmed before I have time to do another episode, I might just get you to give a shout out. Oh, the no, of course. The show. Uh, in fact, uh, that's what I'll probably end up doing uh, now that I'm doing, because what happens with the recording, particularly the faux fops, is I'm here in LA for 10 days, so I'll do like a bunch of them while I'm here. But if I'm going to put them out weekly... It'll mean that sometimes people have things to plug and whatever. So what I'm going to try to do is in the intro at the start of the episodes and stuff, you know, if Sloss has got shows on or if you've got shows on or if whoever is part of the family, you know, I'll give a plug to their thing or whatever. So please let me know. Oh, thank you. Um, And that's a thing that people can kind of like, you know, if people get bored by that sort of shit, then fast forward through. But, you know, I, I assume that people hear you on this and like you want to go and see you when you're in town. Well, so, yeah, I got I mean, loads of messages. Uh and then you guys all pestered the comedy store and then something went weird with the admin and we never managed to pin down a date. Because I remember a few, like a while ago, I went, yeah, pester the comedy store, tell them about me. And eventually I just got an email from them going, what's going on yeah. here? Could you please stop people pestering us? <laughs> it was, uh, no, but it kind of worked and then it didn't work because, I don't know, for whatever reason. Uh, but it, I'm long overdue going back there and doing a run and I haven't played Australia at all since I started being on your show. So everyone who's found out about me because of this, I would love to do shows at you. Yeah, and the the best thing you can do, uh, and this is a little tip, uh, is if you do want to like support those shows and you know you're going to go to the shows uh, when they are on, buy tickets early because it always like if someone goes to a venue uh, and like and if a few tickets sell immediately when that person gets announced, the venue is always really excited about that. You know, oh, because that's it's, true because it basically says to them this person has like a, an inbuilt audience of their own. So if you know you're going to go buy a ticket early on and it always gives the club a little bit more confidence That's in great. the performer and stuff like that. So uh, do that. Uh, speaking of which, I, I'm going to give them a plug because they are the most supportive club in America of my work. Uh, I will be back at Comedy Works downtown nice. uh, again this year, but it's in December, uh, but uh, we just booked that in this week and I wanted to give them a shout out because they are the people who come to me first and earliest and like book me every single year and it's, uh, it, it's great. So obviously well, some people in Denver also come and see the shows and i appreciate that you guys come and see the show so come and see me again in december i'll have a new one to do um, my fire at will tour is now on sale in fact i start uh february 29 february 29 in adelaide the first four nights are cheaper previews but i am doing a week of trial shows in uh canberra a couple of weeks before so i'm going to hit the ground running in adelaide so if you need a cheaper ticket but you still want to see a show that is at least going to be a little bit further advanced than it would ordinarily be when i first do it in adelaide then the first four nights is a good recommendation for that uh, Brisbane is about 50% sold out so if you want to come and see me at the Brisbane Comedy Festival get in quick for those shows particularly if you want a specific night of the week obviously Friday and Saturday uh, pretty close to sold out already um, uh, Melbourne I'm doing a fewer shows this year starting on a Wednesday going through to a Sunday during the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, so I start early starting the first Wednesday uh, so I'll still be doing a heap of shows but only Wednesday through Sunday if you want cheaper shows during the Melbourne Comedy Festival look out for Wednesdays Thursdays and Sundays where the tickets are, tickets are cheaper because I have no tight ass Tuesday. April the 7th at the Sydney Opera.
opera house. There's a lot of these. Uh, basically, all my dates are now, um, I'm trying to move all my Australian touring to the same time of the year. So there is a few more dates. Basically, what I probably should just say is uh, Sydney Opera House, April 7th. It is one night only. We only put it on sale two weeks ago and it's over 50% sold out already. So if you want to come and see the show at the Sydney Opera House, two shows, April 7th, Justin Hamilton doing support. And Perth. Uh, new show uh, on sale already. I was only there in November. Uh, I will be back in May because, as I said, we're moving everything to the first part of the year. But brand new show, Fire at Will uh, in Perth in May, three nights only. That is on sale as well. I'll be doing Fire at Will in LA on April the 21st at Meltdown. Uh, that's the week in between the two Coachellas. So if you are an Australian and you are in town for one of the Coachellas and you're in LA that week, uh, why not come and see the show at Meltdown? Uh, so there you go that's all my plugs that's a lot of plugs I will not do them in that detail every single week but there you go do you have anything else Matthew um no I think I've forgotten my name after that yeah I know that was a lot wasn't it you're I, doing I, a lot of shows in Australia that's a lot of shows I'm doing a lot of shows I'm sure I am doing some other gigs but I can't work out where now really what I can just say in the future is Fire at Will is on sale in Adelaide Brisbane Melbourne Sydney and Perth there you go that's a much quicker way of saying it but please come uh, all right, mate, you go and uh, rest up and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, mate.